DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. What is going on, Draft Heads? Welcome back to the Key Pass Collective. I'm Joe Williams. I'll be your host here for this special podcast series that we're going to be doing on the various different positional breakdowns for your draft fantasy game. First, let's remind you the Key Pass Collective uh, is the audio companion to the draftsociety.com. We are a draft fantasy football podcast and site. Uh, and basically we've got everything you need in order to dominate, absolutely dominate your leagues, um, during the season, whether it is weekly player projections, whether it is a fixture difficulty tracker, whether it is trade advice, uh, articles on sleepers, waiver wire pickups to get you fully ready to win that matchup, win that game week. We've got that, but preseason right now we are focusing on draft prep. We are focusing on getting you ready to have the absolute best draft that you possibly can. So what does this mean? We are making rankings, team previews, cheat sheets, uh, predicted 11s, very, very in-depth analysis articles, uh, talking through the various strategic elements of this draft game. Fixture difficulty tracker for the early uh, series of of in-season fixtures. So you can kind of prep yourself depending on if you want to maybe attack the season to to really get a good start and then maybe trade off some players. Um, there's a lot of strategy that goes into these things. Anyway, we've got it all there for you. Plus player projections. Articles are dropping daily on our draft kit. It is the largest draft kit that this game, the Draft Premier League game, has ever seen. Uh, so if you'd like full access to that, $15.00. $60 will get you full access to the draft kit and the inner circle membership for the entire season. So all of our exclusive, everything that we make, whether it is like the aforementioned uh, trade advice, um, ghost point tracker, set piece taker trackers, all of it. You get all of that for the entire season. If you don't want to do that, there are some free things on there as well. Check out the draft kit. We've got some uh, top 75 rankings and positional rankings completely for free, as well as a few articles on there that are free as well. Plus, uh, we're free. Anytime you want on Twitter, hit us up, send us a, a little message, add us on Twitter, start a conversation on there. We're happy to jump in there and give you some advice on drafts or or whatever it is. Happy to get on there and uh, and just chat chat this game that we that we all know and love. Okay. Let's talk about this pod series. So this is going to be a series of three episodes. And what we're going to be doing is breaking down, not all of, but many of the 22-23 season draft assets by position. So for each episode in this series, um, we want to make sure that you've got a handle on the elite assets of that sort of positional breakdown. We want to make sure that you're understanding how to kind of properly rank those really tricky sort of mid-draft assets. You know, whether it's the fourth round, the sixth round, the eighth round, 
those are those can be really tricky to try to to figure out what the exact value of those players is. So our goal is to kind of help you help talk you through some of of those assets, those those mid round guys that can be, like I said, kind of tricky to to really put a value on. So we'll talk through some of those, um, and then finally, once we get to the late rounds in the draft, you know, I mean, it's a lot of times it's a dart throw. Um, so it, we're gonna give you our favorite dart throws, if you will, um, and then make a case for why maybe they're not just a dart throw, why uh, there's some sneaky value late in the draft with some of these sleepers or potentially hidden gems that we'll hope to point out to you. Um, Finally, before we sign off, we're going to end with some players that we think maybe are being overvalued or overrated or overhyped, if you will. Um, bottom line is we think the ADP or the average draft position is too high for uh, that particular player. And then we'll go ahead and sign off. We're going to try to keep these ones relatively short. And um, and yeah, the, the format is going to be the same for all three. So whether it's defenders, midfielders, or forwards, you're going to hear a lot of the same things uh, when the, the podcast begins, and then we'll attack it the same way, but obviously the content therein should be um, valuable, should be gold. So yeah, we'll, we'll do top tier, we'll do mid tier, and then we'll do late round drafts. A reminder as you are listening, if you can, to pull up our rankings on thedraftsociety.com so you can follow along and see where we've got different guys ranked. We can try to explain it as much as we can, but it's helpful to have a visual on that. Uh, so if you, if you do um, if you do want to head over to the website, check it out. Uh, aesthetically, we think it's pleasing. Uh, but regardless, there's some really good information on there. So pull up our rankings if you can and follow along uh, because we'll be trying to hit these pretty pretty quick. Uh, so we just want to make sure that people do have the ability to sort of know where we're at, what we're talking about, and follow along as we go through these. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. This is your Defender Preview. All right, I am joined by Ryan, Robbie, and Toddy from the Draft Society. Hit up the Draft Society, read their articles, uh, tell them what you think about them. They're amazing. They've been working hard all summer. But right now, we're here to chat defenders. So we're not going to mull about. We're just going to jump right in. We're here to talk premium assets first. So premium defender assets, they are going to be Trent Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, Robertson, Reese James, Ben Chilwell, and Virgil van Dijk to kick it off with a short list, a nice short list. It'll get longer later. Um, and these go from consensus rank four all the way up to consensus rank 27. So, Toddy, any players you want to key in on on the elite or premium defenders? Yes, um, I think I sound like a broken record after <laughs> my my tangent. See my tangent on the last <laughs> pod with uh, Chris from Overthinking Football, but... My um, player in focus is Reese James, who um, will be creeping up my rankings. Oh, he was he was <laughs> previously ranked 39th, which was uh, um, an eye opener uh, for many. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, as as of right now, in my preliminary ranks, he's 31st, uh, with the signing of Koulibaly um, confirmed. Um, my main argument for his low ranking is that um, he has been excellent in real life performing mm. in uh, his centre-back spot in a few games last season and even the season before that. 
um, in their two, um, arguably two of their three most important games in the last two seasons. He started at centre-back, both against Real Madrid in the semi-final uh, of the Champions League this year and the FA Cup final last season. Uh, he did that. Uh, I think Tuchel trusts him at centre-back and I think he will start more than five games at centre-back in the upcoming season. Interesting. Okay. Where he is, for what it's worth, where he is, just for comparison, um, he has performed at centre-back close to, and you guys will know this because we've talked about this, one Connor Cody for fan tracks. <laughs> For Fantrax purposes. Oh, God. Oh, so God. That, that is... Rarified that, air. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that is that is the prospect. I'm not saying he's going to be uh, overwhelmingly at centre-back, but I think he will be uncomfortably uh, starting at centre-back in a few games, and it will frustrate a lot of managers. Okay. All right. Anyone else have uh, a quick two cents on Reese James? Yeah, real quick. Um, I mean, I think even if he doesn't start a few games at at center back, I mean, he hasn't started more than, I think, 25 games in the last three seasons. So injuries and, and rotation are still going to keep him down a little bit. But I'm curious how many more center backs they'd have to uh, acquire for you to be completely off this James at, <laughs> at, at RCB. Well, Jules like Kunde Kunde might, and yeah. Exactly. Kunde and like Ake, like two, two yeah, more, if, if and you're just get, like no. If, yeah, if they get two more, I'll I'll bump him up to um, beginning of round two, full on right wing back. Okay. If they get one more, I I'll still be he'll still be twenty plus, but yeah, he'll be around twenty five ish, just like Robbie has him now. Hmm. Yeah, I'm still a little skittish about early round two. It still just seems just doesn't seem seem right yeah i think if they get kunde and then you've also got um trevor chalabar that plays that had played at right center back as well so i'm not sure there's too much risk of that um but yeah we'll see i guess we will indeed ryan any of these premium assets you want to shout out um i wanted to quickly talk about Cancelo because usually we only have trent in the uh, defender in round one discussion, but given his exploits last season, uh, finally getting um, nailed on status and, and Pep's 11, and the fact that I think he finished uh, fourth in, in total scoring just behind Trent, um, we're starting to see that Cancelo's being taken around between like six to nine usually uh, in the first round. So just wanted to to flag that and just see if if p- other people are, are skittish about taking a non-Trent defender that early. I mean, based on the stats, um, he's you know very very solid and very explosive and can can put together some some twenty to thirty point games. And uh, given the the defender exodus, uh, you got to think that he's still going to be nailed on for at least thirty. Uh, to 35 starts uh, i think he got 36 last season so um if he can keep up that uh those performances then he'll warrant that that sixth spot 
but I still think people will uh, will be a bit um, hesitant to to take him that early. But I haven't had my my real drafts yet, so I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know how where he's gone in, in your guys' drafts. Yeah, no, I've seen pretty similar to be honest. Um, I think he he's quite a safe bet, isn't he? But the only issue, obviously, he's got if you got Cucurella coming in, and obviously Walker has played you know reasonable amount of right back then. Do you see those starts going down a little bit? Because 36 is obviously a lot, especially for someone in a pep team. Yeah, but I mean, they still had Zinchenko and mm. um, and Walker last season as well. So I don't sure. know if... You know, I, I don't you, know if you've got to see Cucurella as a step up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. They, I guess that is the only, the only question mark. Um, but... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see where he goes. The, the, the other defender I wanted to to mention is is Chilwell, um, who's an interesting case because obviously we had that like seven game stretch to go by last season, just lit it up, um, where he was just yeah a house of a house on fire. Um, that was bookended by him being completely out of sorts mentally from. Uh, from the Euros and not starting the first uh, several games and Alonso supplanting him that then that uh, crazy explosion and then, you know, a horrific injury. So we know that he's got it in his locker to be a, a top five defender. Um, will that injury prevent him from, from starting strong um, or will it, you know, be re-aggravated? Um, obviously, if he was fully healthy coming into into the season, and that injury hadn't happened last season, I could see him in the the same uh, the same stratosphere as as Rhys James and and maybe Cancelo. But um, given all of that uncertainty, I've I'd feel pretty good about taking him in like round three. Oh, I'd love him in round three, like early round three. So. And from what we've, from what we've, the little that we've seen about uh, from preseason, it seems like he has um, lacked fitness and, and been a little, been a little off the pace, which which is completely understandable given the injury. But how long is it going to take him to uh, to really get get up to speed, uh, especially since they haven't sold Alonso or um, Emerson? So I'm I'm curious how he's going to start. Hmm. Anyone else with two cents on those two players, Cancelo or Chilwell? All good. I th- yeah, Go I think uh, I, I I agree with Ryan. I think um, I think you you cannot, uh, or I I'm definitely not gonna expect a reasonably more starts from uh, Kukurea than Zinchenko got. So I'm pretty certain of thirty thirty two plus starts from Cancelo which which make him a no-brainer oh yeah it's a top top eight pick the the only place in the draft for me where I start to to question like where I start to really kind of like lean Cancelo over the other options available is uh after Diaz and Holland are gone and that's when I'm looking at Madison Cancelo etc like that part of the draft and that's for me that's for me I don't know how you guys value that particular portion I think Cancelo is the the least risky pick in a yeah. lot of ways, but I think there are I think others that have higher ceilings. Like I think Madison has a higher ceiling, um, but I mean Cancelo scored was it fourteen p- p- points per ninety the last two seasons, so I don't Amazing. think he's necessarily improving on that. Whereas Madison, I think we could see 
you know, get more than that. Oh, um, that's fair. And he's probably pushing for a move at this point as well. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, not. I don't mean this summer, hopefully, but... Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with, with Robbie. I think even even considering Diaz and Haaland, I think Cancelo is a much safer pick than those two. Okay. They make me feel better about picking eighth then. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Robbie, premium defend, defensive assets that you wanted to, to shout out? Yeah, so um, I wanted to highlight uh, Robertson, who I actually have one place ahead of Cancelo. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've that won't change in my next rank. So, um, but yeah, the the reason I'm highlighting him is um, just purely for his second half of the season form, um, where he was getting he was getting up to about 16 points per start, um, and that partly was. Partly was a uh, him sort of recovering after having the injury, you know, coming off the back of the Euros and no preseason. He sort of got into his stride then, and also Luis Diaz coming into the to the squad, and and I think that really sort of invigorated him, and and he's really put up, you know, some big performances. And I think actually the presence of Simicas helped in terms of you know he could take a bit of the load off, and he obviously didn't get as many starts, but I think with him not in the World Cup this year, and I think that sort of I just I see that form picking up, if you will, um, or at least you know maintaining. And if he can get something like the fifteen point nine points per start, he, um, I got note down here for his last for the second half of the season. Then you know that's uh, he's not well worthy of that spot, <laughs> considering how many starts he's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Um, yeah, so the other one was um, uh, just v- a big verge. Um, he's uh, <laughs> obviously a draft lad's uh, projections just um, dropped, and you know he's he's ranked in there as thirteenth, um, which might surprise some people. Um, but and it, that is literally based on his uh, last year's number of starts and his points per start. So I sort of feel like coming off off the back of the um, you know the big. Uh, um, injury he had last season. Um, he sort of was a little bit sluggish, especially at the start, and his, he, you know, his his ghosts and his um, his goals and assist output was a little bit down. So I think you know, even if he just gets you know one extra goal and has a bit of a bump, you know, you could see him being a top ten asset again um, quite comfortably. And I think people are sleeping on him a little bit. I mean, he's. I mean, we've got him at twenty seven in our ranks, um, mm. but I've seen him go in the fourth round in mocks. Um, so if you know if he starts to like. You know, drop to the end of the third, start of the fourth. I think you'd be laughing. And Draftlad has him at twenty-one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Highest on him. Mm. Yeah, no surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Based on his war rankings. Yeah. All right, gents. Any uh, other thoughts quickly on the premium assets before we move on to uh, mid-round defensive assets? Okay, just just to um, reiterate that Van Dyke uh, push by Robbie. Um, he's actually projected to, um, or based on war, he's he's like a first round pick. So yeah. if you if you can if you can get him in the third or fourth, then could be a steal of the draft. I f- I find that I find that hard to believe that he's that high up in in war, given that his ghosts are so low, and that he basically thrives off of off of clean sheets, and that. Obviously, they get a lot of them, but I don't know. He must just be one of those players that just racks up a bunch of a bunch of points and goes a bit under the radar. But I don't remember him having any like monster games. 
Yeah, I remember we discussed this before, didn't we? It was only like, was it eight games where he scored over 15 points? Yeah, he had so many. Solid, like 11 to 12, like almost every week because of the cleanies, you know? Exactly that. I mean, he did obviously, you know, if Liverpool don't get a clean sheet, then he had a bit of a down year in terms of, yeah, his, his floor might be a little bit lower. But yeah, he just, you know, pure just kept racking out the points and with all the clean sheets Liverpool are getting so and I mean I'm, I don't see that necessarily um, you know slowing down if you will his, his, he has a quality start metric of 74% mm, there you go yeah 74% so he's getting you he's getting you at least that that's Mo, Mo Salah has 73 so that's that's the baseline but he's like the equivalent of the John McGinn of of defenders. He'll get you ten every week. But like, do you want to do you want to risk it on somebody that'll drop like like Reese James that'll drop like twenty or thirty? Yeah, but this is the point, isn't it? At, at what point in the draft are you you know are you taking the the whole risk and reward thing? You know, there's a yeah. lot more risk with Reese James, isn't there? So, well, he um, and, <laughs> he and Ben Chilwell are right next to each other in ADP. Ben Chilwell slightly ahead, right around twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the good comparison. Like Ben yeah, yeah. Will, will get you five Q ninety starts, uh, which means that d- those starts will be um, in the ninetieth percentile for for defenders. But he won't get you many Q fifty or Q seventy five starts. Whereas Van Dyke will will essentially get you two at least Q50 starts in three games. More than that. Three three in four games. I mean, I like them both. But... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll just take them both. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think the funny thing is that at that point in the draft, you haven't really, you know, you can't really decide whether you want a safer pick or a sort of more upside pick. It's sort of like, oh, I'm just... You know, because you've only had one pick basically before. Yeah, you hopefully, take yeah. So it's a bit of a difficult balance. I think it's just you know up to the manager what they prefer. Really, kind of depends on how you're going to approach the draft for the rest of it. You know, are yeah, you going to yeah. are you going to go more upside plays? In which case, maybe you want a, v- a VVD to sort of like batten down the hatches. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's move on to mid tiers. Uh, so this is from consensus rank 36 all the way down to 93. We start with Luca Dean. Um, we end with Wesley Fofana. Now, I'm not going to read them all out because there's many of them, uh, but also users can go and, and listeners can go and check out our ranks and you can follow right along with us. So this is a, a kind of a wide swath, which is exactly why we want to key in on some of these guys because these guys can be a little bit hard to nail down in terms of their their value uh, as we're under the pressure of the cl- of the clock during the draft. Um, so let's talk through some of these guys. Ryan, how about uh, you take a stab at these m- mid-tier players first? Sure. Um, I was intrigued by uh, by Luca Dean. He's similar to Chile in the fact that he had some really um, interesting ups and downs last season. Started out at Everton, obviously, um, with a manager that didn't didn't really fancy him. Um, <laughs> To say the least, they yeah. <laughs> they they fell out. He went to to Villa in January. Uh, you were expecting the the dean of old, um, but you only saw him a few times that second half of the season. So he's he's in a really weird spot going into this into this draft. Um, 
So I'm really intrigued to see where where he goes. He's been mostly going, I think, in the fourth round in a lot of the in a lot of the mocks that I've seen, um, which seems about right. But uh, he has he has such a great ceiling. Um, but it really depends on whether or not he gets put on a bit more set pieces, and if if Villa can can shore up the defense. Love the signing of uh, Diego Carlos. Um, so. If they can pair him with with Mings and Mings gets his act together um, hmm. with yeah big if uh, Dina on the left and, and Cash on the right and uh, Emmy Martinez of course we know it can be a, a top top shelf goalkeeper I think they keep more cleanies and um, yeah Dina we were talking about explosiveness he has that uh, explosiveness and the ability to to get you know two assists. Uh, in a game and, and drop twenty to thirty, we've seen that uh, we've seen that at Everton and a few times in the uh, latter half of, of last season. So, um, I think he is uh, a high upside high upside play in the in the fourth round. So I'm keeping an eye on him. Um, and just real quickly on Ryan Eitnori, um, your boy, uh, yeah, my <laughs> my boy indeed. Um, doesn't have any real competition on the left. Uh, other than Johnny, but he'll be uh, predisposed on the right, um, yeah. covering for Tomato at least the beginning of the season. Um, and Aidenori takes takes some sets, has a great left foot. Um, I think Wolves will be a bit more solid uh, this this season, but it it will be interesting to see if they they switch from a, a back um, five to a back four, um, and how that affects the the fullbacks. Um, like Aitnori, does does he still get uh, forward as much as he did as a as a wing back? Um, how does that how does that really play out? Um, so he's somebody I'm I'm certainly thinking about in around like the eighth. Um, yeah, I find a, interesting real quick on him. Oh, sorry, I find it interesting him no, on him too. Quick uh, that we have him at seventy six and his ADP right now is ninety three. Oh well. So so right. So yeah, there's yeah. some value to be had there if if listeners agree with you. Yeah, in the mocks I've seen, he hasn't slipped much further than seven or, or eight. Um, but yeah, after that, he's 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 very good value. Um, and then yeah, the last the last one I mentioned is is Tierney because he's in a really difficult spot given his the fact that he's injury prone and the arrival of of Zinchenko. So he'll drop quite a bit. Um, where he becomes worth the the punt, I guess is up to the the draft manager's risk mm. reward proposition. But um, yeah, if he starts slipping um, past you know eleven or so, um, he might be he might be worth the punt because I still think if he's healthy, he probably uh, starts over over Sinchenko on, on the left. And as we all know, Arsenal has a pretty good schedule to start out with, so he could be value late. Oh wow! So it sounds like once we update our our ranks, he's going to fall out of this list of mid tier players for you. Oh, I'm 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 sure. Oh wow! Okay, because we have him at eighty one, and and you said you'd be comfortable with him in round eleven. Yeah. Oof. I mean, given the fact that he's nursing a knock right now, apparently, and Sinchinka is coming in. Yeah. I mean that has that has to to drop him down a few pegs. Okay. All right. Any thoughts on? Uh, any of those three, gents? Um, I I do think that Zinchenko will feature some sometime in in a midfield uh, position. So 
I as much as as much as I'm afraid of Tierney as a as an injury prone player, I still think he has extremely high upside. So so I wouldn't like I get I get the anxiousness and mm. I I my rankings will reflect that as well. But I don't think I it's it's a ba- it's a bad pick um in the mid to late rounds. Like I would rather him than Duke Shaw. Yeah. Obviously. I yeah, I agree there. <laughs> that might be actually might be a handcuff worth uh worth trying for in your draft is uh, him and Zinchenko. So I think both will will produce when they're in there. Yep. That's not not a bad shout, I think. Yeah, right. I don't know how Zinchenko will score as a as a midfielder, but um yeah, he might be that uh Kuyate um of of this season, a defender playing as, as midfielder. Right, exactly. So you yeah, get the cleanies plus yep. some. That's exactly what I was thinking. Love that out of position for sure. Okay, cool. Um Robbie, how about mid tier for you? Any guys you want to key in on? Yeah, so uh one of the guys was um, Joel Matip, who's my boy from last season, um, did the business for me. But um, into this, into the coming season, it's there's a bit more of a question mark um, surrounding him. Um, we've had, a, we've even also had a Calvin Ramsey come in, um, sort of to become the backup right back, right behind behind Trent, which now means Gomez, who is you know fit, um, as well as Canate, uh, who's the main. Um, competition there um sort of muddies the waters a little bit in terms of the um the competition for that place i still think he starts the season there um and with the hectic schedule uh with europe uh with european games coming um which is basically you know two day uh, two games every week um i think we'll probably see that timeshare again once we get to there with matip in the in the league and canate in the cup but actually after that um, after the World Cup, I'm really not sure what happens. Um, I think Canate uh, really had a breakout season and impressed a lot, especially against the um, the bigger clubs and in the Champions League run. So it's just it's one where you know he he's he was in the what the top twenty overall fantasy points. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean you've got to, and now he's down at what forty seven in our ranks. So I think that reflects where you know the risks you think you might be taking for him, but yeah, um, yeah. So just want to highlight that. And he's he's one who's actually his ADP average draft position is higher, um, or I guess whatever lower. He's being taken earlier than uh, is actually reflected in our ranks. He's being taken uh, an average of forty five and a half. Okay, so it's not too much. Too much no, difference. No, no, it's pretty close. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, I think I think people are sort of factoring all of those risks in basically and that's what's happening with him so um but yeah so if you're bullish on him starting the same as last season then take him take him at you know a tad earlier um but i think in in terms of um he's ov- obviously had this bad injury record and you know one one full uh, season isn't necessarily um you know gonna mean that he's uh, doesn't get injured again so yeah lots and lots of risks basically so robbie do you think it's fair to say that if you are um and and i'm and i'm in the middle of writing an article on this very subject mm. for our draft kit so if you are if you are optimizing your draft or your squad for 
to have early season success in an in a league where you expect a lot of trades happening is he someone to expressly like target yeah that's <laughs> that's an interesting point and liverpool do actually have a very good run in the first six games as well so yeah i mean <laughs> i guess the risk there is that with you know the first five game weeks, there's no Europe, is there? So if Car- if Canate is the number one, boom, he's just lost all value. Um, <laughs> right, so, you know, so it's a big uh, risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't reach too far for him. Let's put it that way. Okay, but yeah, it's an interesting um, argument. Okay, where where would you take him if he falls to you, round four? Um, in terms of my ranks, I've got him at 49, so that's basically the end of round four, start round five yeah. um, sort of region. Um, I think, especially, uh, it depends on who you draft in the first you know, three rounds, but I think by that point, um, if you've only got one forward or something like that, and you know, just seeing a sort of a risky defender, even you know, no matter how good he was last season, um, sort of doesn't really do it for me, I don't think. Um, but... Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one. Um, yeah, I, I think I think end of round four is about the earliest I'd go. Okay, sounds great. Um, yeah, so the other guy I um, had uh, highlighted was um, Kukurea. So obviously, we um, just touched on him earlier, but um, I I think I bumped him up nearly twenty places in my ranks after the news. So, of the of Zinchenko going to Arsenal and obviously Cucurella likely to be going to City. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just in terms of numbers, he got eight and a half points per start and started thirty five games. So he was a sort of a stalwart um, f- um, for Brighton. Really, obviously, you know, and, um, at City, he's going to start less games. That's obvious, I think, um, especially with the transfer having not gone through already, um, and you sort of feel the extra clean sheets probably a bit more production in terms of um uh, goals and assists i mean he he put in 42 key passes and we all know brighton players can't <laughs> yeah. can't hit the um uh, can't hit the back of the goal <laughs> at all so um yeah I, I would hope that his production in in that sense would go up so um yeah uh, sort of bump him up to i don't know 10 points per start or something and take his starts down to 25 to 28 or something something like that but yeah so um, he's he's he becomes a more interesting prospect and you know you're looking at like say a bit like Matip that sort of position in the in the draft now I'm worried about mm. um kind of worried about the opposite I think people will probably overreact to the city news and oh yeah, yeah. the madness will ensue when people will start like trying to pick him up in like the third round which i'm happy to let you <laughs> let you deal with with that but totally, um, i'm yeah. curious if when we actually get to draft day if there actually will be some some value to be to be had there uh, or if people will just overreach for him so that's something i'm keeping an eye on yeah yeah no I completely agree all right I'm so sad after writing my my all of my Brighton pieces. I'm, I'm just so sad. Um, that's fine. City gets anything and everything they want. All right, Toddy, <laughs> tell us about your mid round, guys. Okay, so I have two sort of controversial ones, and one I'll I'll just mention briefly is Ruben Dias. Um, I am very much against 
drafting city center backs as they they don't usually have a lot of work to do and they get a surprising amount of um missed clean sheets where where they score a buttload of points but mm-hmm. then but then uh concede a stupid goal yep um so <laughs> but but um they do have um a sort of fluctuation in value for for their center backs so i do think ruben diaz is is one is the number one guy there so there's no question on playing time for him and and um if you think or if any of your um if any of our listeners think that um city will go back to I think it was three years ago when they racked up clean sheets like it was nobody's business. Um, then he will be a steal at like where we have him around 80, 80 um, in our draft ranks. But other than that, um, I am just like they have their upside is literally the clean sheets mm-hmm. and they are much less reliable in those uh, metrics than than other top teams would be. So, I I think I think um, that's that's a bit high on him. Although I I have him um, at around eighty something there as well. So, have you looked that, at his ADP? There is. I haven't looked at his ADP. Do you have Sixty-four. Okay. Yeah. That's so madness, so guys who draft. Loosely based on our rankings, will not get Ruben Diaz, and uh, <laughs> I'm I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other the other uh, player I wanted to mention just makes it to the mid tier defenders, and this Wesley Fofana, who you can read my ode to in the Leicester <laughs> Sleepers article. Um, I think to go go and look at him, you have to just fully disregard disregard last season and look at the season before which was uh his debut season and and he performed as a defender too in his debut season and if you if you draft him or value him based on that i have him at uh at around 80 all the other cats have him around 100 so hmm. i am i'm a, a good 20 20 ish points um, ahead of you, or Tunish uh, ranks ahead of you for him, but um, I do believe that he will he will have a bounce back here. Draft lad likes him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I'm not too far away. <laughs> yeah, no, I like I like the shout. Honestly, I can't I can't argue with it. Um, I'm I I'd be nerv I'd be nervous to take him that early. I think for me, but, what's his ADP? Uh, I haven't looked. Let me see. Has to be around 120, I would think. Yeah, I think I've been seeing him go like 12 or 13, I want to say. Nice, Toddy. 123. Yep. So there you go. I think he's definitely... Like, I think you can safely pick him up around like round 10 without the threat of somebody else looking at him if you are not in a like high high powered Twitter league, um, in, in like a, in a home league, I think you should go for him in like 
round 12, 11. Oh, yeah. And and he's, he will be amazing value there. Love that. Yeah, okay, perfect. Any other thoughts quickly, guys, on uh, mid-tier guys, mid-draft players, defenders? You good? good. All right, let's move. So let's talk late round sleepers, hidden gems, all these guys at the end of the draft. Uh, We, of course, ranked up to 150. So we're talking about players from Ibrahim Okonate at 93 for us, all the way down to Johnny, who is at 132. Um, believe it or not, we didn't have any defenders after that. So um, that basically is the extent of it. So let's talk about these kind of late rounders. A lot of them will fall into the 15th, 16th rounds. Um, some of them will go undrafted. So it's it's a curious situation here. Um, Robbie, why don't you kick this one off for us? Yeah. Um, so to move on the or keep on the Matip theme, um, <laughs> I'll highlight uh, Kanate. Um, he's... He didn't actually put up great numbers last season in his 11 starts. I think it was only about seven seven points per start, something like that. Um, but obviously, it's, you know, it's a small sample size and he did tend to, um, you know, like in the Champions League matches, um, have have some of the tougher games. Um, but I think uh, it's, it's interesting where, where you think, where we think he'll go because I think um, at the moment he's 93 in, the, in our ranks and um, I've seen him going a lot lower than that. 122 um, ADP. Yeah, exactly. that's that feels a bit more, um, you know, like the the risk of him not actually being the starter becomes um, more interesting. Mm. And obviously, if you do take Matip earlier, then he's you know a good option as a handcuff for the early part of the season if that's your thing. When you're oh. holding him all season, uh, I wouldn't hold him all season. I'm just the, just the one that, in terms of the the trend of their their starts. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Until it becomes clear. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah. How jumpy would you be for Konate if you had if you had picked up Matip in like round five? Yeah, I like, think maybe more like our ranks, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so ninety three we have him at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's you're terrified to, to lose out on him. Ironically, yeah, yeah. ninety three is the highest that any of us have him ranked. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I was thinking. Like <laughs> like if you've picked up Matip, um your your finger will be very sweaty uh, in in like rounds rounds starting starting round eight, and you'll be calculating, uh, looking at other teams' rosters whether anyone needs a punty defender or whatever, and and I think you'll 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 be you you won't be able to hold your nerve until like round 10 or round nine. So then, then I'd be a dick and pick him up and then immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Listen to that. I love that strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Picking up other people's cuffs and trying oh, to trade them back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Next yep. level shit hazardry. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Any others for you, Robbie? Um, yeah. So I wanted to highlight the, the West Ham fullbacks, um, Cresswell and, and Kufal. Um, so, I think Cresswell had a bit of a disappointing season. Uh, they were um, shit, Robbie. He was absolute a shell they were of dog himself. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, what what I was um, what I'd done in the the article I did for the um, the West Ham uh, sleepers anyway, um, I just looked at his the season before last where he had actually you know what was deemed quite a good season. He had yeah. about nearly nine points per start. Um, 
but actually the um if we sort of look at the before he had that weird back injury um and and generally before West Ham's form you know fell off a cliff um he was actually averaging 9.2 points per start up to game week 27 so you know he's, he wasn't actually far off what he was and that was with losing losing out on sets to Bowen um for or, or as many sets if you will um so obviously after that he had about three three point three points per start got written wow. down which is yeah i mean just like absolute trash isn't it but um but i i feel like this season west ham's defense is going to improve so i think i think the in terms of clean sheets that will go up uh, you know you don't know about um, in terms of the the output for um you know from sets and that in terms of assists and key passes and that but I, I feel with um uh, what was his name Nayef uh, Eguard I don't know how to pronounce yeah, that one yeah um with um with Zuma in there and um, you know more settled back forth then I think that should and and I think Moyes he I think it was a bit um you know a bit wild his team last year which it really isn't in, in his style um so I think um. Yeah, I think we'll see a bit of an improvement there. So I'm, I mean, his ADP just you know is, is not really much of a risk to be honest. Um, we've got him at 117, um, and I th- I'd imagine his ADP might be lower, Joe. I don't, I don't Good question. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Sorry, Joe's the, the ADP ADP uh, guy. No, no, 102.8. I think he's living oh, okay. off he's living off that name value. In well, fact, he's go. he's one ahead of Tierney, um, and definitely ahead of other. Defenders, I'm taking way before him. One of yeah, those, including Diego Dello. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen him go that high in any of the mocks. So, but yeah, I mean, Dello would go much earlier than that. No. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's just a just a highlight of it's one of these players that looks like they've dropped, but actually they might just be the same play they were. And he was getting he was getting drafted at like 67, I think, last season, and based yeah. on his previous um, that was his ADP. So right, yeah. Um, just you know maybe you get a bit of value there but like you say it's um most people won't be looking at him going thinking he'll be um a good prospect next season um Kufal, I, yeah. I, yeah and the other one i wanted to highlight was just quickly was Kufal. um i think there's a risk that he loses his spot to ben johnson so i personally I, i'm just avoiding him completely um i mean he had you know he had spells and he obviously had the injury in that but he had spells in pretty bad form um so yeah i just i, w- I wouldn't touch him personally oh wow okay i actually i, I kind of like Sufal. um his value at least this season i mean i think mm-hmm. he was taken um i remember kind of last draft he was taken around like round six just because he had a great uh season the, the campaign mm-hmm. before last um and yeah i, I think because of uh the complete and utter lack of, of clean sheets or a viable defense um, is weighing down all the, the West Ham defensive assets. But he's actually one of them that I wouldn't mind taking a punt on later later in the draft just because he's proven that he has a bit uh, of attacking verve. And if they actually do shore up the defense, he'll, he'll certainly benefit. So where I've seen him go in like the 11th, I mean, he starts to become very interesting there for me. I, d- one, I don't see Ben Johnson taking taking over that spot yeah that's that's crazy so i he's somebody i'm keeping an eye on yeah well we've got him at 101 and i guess if his adp is 125 that's when he starts to get interesting right yeah he's one he's one behind kyle walker in adp so which would you rather have (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
don't think we need to uh, dignify that with an answer, do we? Still yeah, a rhetorical of question, right? Still ahead of Harry Maguire. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Toddy, how about your late round flyers? Um, I'll highlight two entire defenses. One is, <laughs> one is, and it's a it's it's a it's a great segue. Uh, one is the United defense, and I think everyone is sleeping on the United defense. I don't. I I'm not going to say that they're going to challenge for top four or anything like that, but last season was horrendous, and I think to have that as your base valuation for United defenders it will will be wrong for the season. I think um, Maguire, Delow, um, Lisandro Martinez, and to some extent um, the left back who remains to be uh, decided will, will serve up value during the um, season. I'm not. I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say this will be at the beginning of the season. But I think, I think looking at these players, like I, I did the mock and I, I drafted Maguire in the fifteenth or something like that, and that's just that's just crazy value. I think, like he's he is he has the potential of a defender one, um, and picking up a, a potent like it was it was essentially similar kind of punt as picking up Joel Matip last season in the 15th Mm -hmm. round. And um, the other defense I wanted to highlight is the Leicester defense. And we have three guys in the lowest um, tier for our discussions. And it's uh, James Justin, who is the highest, uh, and uh, Ricky Pereira and Timothy Castagne. I think... um, Leicester will bounce back in a big way. They will, um, they will. They have no Europe to 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 um, consider, and I think they will they will push for top six this season, and they will improve their defense. And uh, let's not forget that Ricardo Pereira was a top five defender two seasons ago. Um, yeah, but how many spots two are there? Very the long seasons ago. That is yes, that is very long. And I'm done and, with him. <laughs> and and yeah, I I understand that um I've just highlighted three fullbacks right. in a <laughs> for a team that usually only use two. Uh and that is the reason um why they are um, why they have an ADP of above 100 and why they have a ranking of above 100. The safest bet out of these lot would be James Justin for me. Obviously, I'm not going to draft three of these guys or two of these guys, but I I will I will have a look at James Justin for um, in 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 around around round 10. We have him ranked lower than 100 for ADP, so think around around 10 11 ish he will be good value okay i like it anybody have thoughts on on either of those two entire team defenses <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm just messing with you toddy all right ryan let's hear your late round sleepers um i really like uh not really like that's a strong strong word um 
I'm intrigued by by John Stones just based off of the fact that he's plummeted so so far um, in the in the AUDP. I mean, he had points per start of of around a dozen last season, um, so clearly can can do the biz, but injuries prevented him from from being nailed on in the 11 i understand that laporte obviously um performed pretty well and was was uh starting a lot more than than stones last season but i think um coming back from that knock with full preseason i think he has a a decent chance of uh of taking back his uh starting cb role in which case um you know he should be valued around where diaz is and if you can get that value but four to five rounds later then that's uh that's certainly a a, a great punt um, around like round 13 i think what's his adp uh which one sorry john stones stones um probably too high for me let's see 149 eh, actually that's yeah that's what i'm saying it's that's it's great cr- crazy low wow um, i'm very surprised by that mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I mean he's he's, somebody, um... he's he's just behind uh, Deli Alley. <laughs> so, should <laughs> yeah, give so you an do, idea. Do the math there, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, I like it. Yeah, so if you're ranking him at 107 and his uh, ADP is at 149, you can do the math there. Um, All right. Somebody else I'm looking at, uh, Dan Byrne, which is funny because I thought he would be overvalued this season. Um, Given the fact that uh, after his move to to Newcastle, he was he was great, but a lot of people have bought into this um, notion that uh, he'll either share time or be supplanted by by Shar. Um, now that Sven Botman is coming in, and I don't think I'd buy that, um, and so I'm happy to see him see him slip uh, as far as he has. So he's certainly somebody I'm. Looking to uh, potentially get some some value from. Oh, the upside's um, there for sure. Yeah, and yeah, it'll it'll solely depend on if he gets uh, if he gets the starts. If he does, presumably their defense is going to be even even better, and they'll they'll go from strength to strength this season. So yeah, if he if he falls, I'm I'm happy to happy to pounce and, and take the risk. Um, and then another defender, I'll, I'll quickly mention that uh, at at this late stage is uh as nico williams as we know he left uh left liverpool um for four as a takeover from spence very active attacking fullback um not a big fan of the early schedules of the promoted teams but might be worth um taking a, a pun on late on and just kind of weathering uh the storm um if if not, I'm I'm fine passing on him too. And as we've talked about ad nauseum, kind of waiting for game week five or so to pick up some of these some of these fallen soldiers. Hmm. Um, so yeah, he's he's somebody I'm intrigued by. All right. Any other uh, thoughts on late round flyers or anyone who's been mentioned before we move right along? Um. Yeah, no, I'm pretty high on the um, the United and Leicester um, defenders as well in terms of them being undervalued. Um, actually, I, I took Justin and Maguire back to back at about 100 pick 115, something like that. Um, okay. Sorry, um, 110, 111 in my home league draft. So, um, yeah, it's uh, they sort of feel at that point in the draft like the the reward is much higher than the risk, um, and they feel you know that bit undervalued. Yeah, 
No, that's fair. That makes sense. Okay. Those are good, boys. I like those. I like those a lot. I think especially listeners who have home leagues and aren't in like any of the uber competitive um, community leagues are going to be able to to cash in on some of these guys late for sure. Um, so I love that. Uh, let's let's move on, and we're just going to go ahead and, and use the overvalued, overhyped section as kind of your sign off. So uh, give us one player that you are staying away from at his current average draft position. And go ahead and give us a quick sign-off for the listeners. Toddy, we're coming back to you first. Um, mine is uh, Kieran Trippier. I think he's drafted. Oh. I think he's drafted very early. Um, his um, current ADP thirty-seven is thirty-seven. That's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I think he's living. I think he's he's going to be good. Like I think he's going to be solid, uh, but but he is living off that incredible run of uh, scoring free kicks and um, and and just just playing out of his mind, hmm. like. A, uh, Luca Dean is at 46, and I'd much rather Luca Dean. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. I Both see that. will sit out due to tummy aches, but <laughs> who, who's going to have better gastrointestinal fortitude this season? Guts. <laughs> Guts. Yeah. Nice. nice. Okay, I like it. Thanks, Toddy. Ryan, how about your overvalued, overhyped, do not draft player? Uh, pains me to say, but uh, one James Turkowski, I think the name recognition will have him drafted way before he should be. Um, Everton's a mess. I don't see them uh, shoring up the defense, and I just don't. I don't know enough about Turkowski and in, in a defense like Everton to know that he's going to give you those guaranteed points that he was always. Um, going to at, at Burnley and so I'm not willing to to take that risk with such a with such a high pick because um, I've, I've seen him mostly go in I think the fifth round or so and that's way just way too high for me mm. so he needs to to fall at least uh, two more rounds I think mid six early seven I he starts to become value but fifth round I just think there's better targets there okay yeah a lot of question marks there uh, especially with the new team, that's a good that's a good shout. Okay, Robbie, how about your overvalued, overhyped player? Yeah, so one that I've seen with a pretty insane ADP. I think um, <laughs> at the time when I checked, it was eighty three. Was um, Arsenal's uh, Gabriel Magalhaes? Who, I mean, that guy, he just doesn't put up good points. I have no idea why. I mean, he got, I think he got a few goals, didn't he? Um, Scored more Ryan, goals but, than Sancho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna you're gonna have to trot him out every single game to catch them, aren't you? Which um, isn't what you want. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, I think his ghost points are you know about five ghost points per start or something like that. And you know, they Arsenal didn't keep enough clean sheets for it to be uh, for him, you know, to to warrant you know maybe even drafting him, let alone um, taking him in the you know the first first half of the draft. So yeah, I just thought I'd highlight that. There's a few players like that who just feel like they have no value whatsoever, but you know. Their ADPs are, are super high, so um, you know, yeah. you know what I think is the mm-hmm. reason behind his ADP. I think uh, a lot of lay people 
are thinking that he's Gabriel Martinelli. <laughs> There's no other reason for it. I cannot think of any other rationale behind him being that high, just randomly. Because then Ben White would be right around there too, you know? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I think people see the goals, don't they? And it's I guess if you're coming <laughs> from FPL, then it's just goals and clean sheets. So, Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. maybe that's I, it. I don't know. Um, but, you know, obviously on, on fan tracks, it's not all... You know, it's not everyone playing. You know, default scoring. There's there's a lot of people playing other um, yeah. scoring yeah, methods. So maybe sure. that, that sure can point. maybe a combo of the two that can skew it a bit. But yeah. Hmm. All right. I like Lisa- it. Yeah, Lisandro Martinez is at 87, which will I think adjust because he's just been added to the system. But yeah, I, I think that's way too high as well. Yeah, oh, he for sure. He, he didn't put up good numbers um, in in terms of. Um, uh, the Ajax performances in the Champions League that Draft Lads put together on his spreadsheet. So um, I think it was about like six or seven um, points per star or something like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd be yeah, I'd be pretty wary of drafting him to be honest. And that will wrap it up for this particular episode. Thank you for tuning in to this positional discussion series. We really do appreciate it. Uh, I say it all the time. Community, you're the reason we do this. Uh, You are the reason why we started the site. You're it. Um, So we love you. Thank you so much for supporting us, for tuning into the, the podcast, reading the articles engaging us on Twitter, um, just all the things. You're the best. So uh, if you have any questions, as we always say, start a dialogue, start a conversation, add us. We will retweet you if you have questions uh, about how your draft went. You want us to rate your draft. You want the community to rate your draft because we're not the only ones who know things here. Let's be honest. Um, Go ahead and, and tag us. We will gladly retweet that. If you want to take part in a mock draft, get at us. We will set you up with somebody who can, uh, probably Chris, let's be honest, it's it's always Chris who's doing mock drafts. Anyway, um, we'll set you up with somebody who can help you with mock drafts. Um, if you have trade advice, if you need uh, player valuation assistance, or you just have a player you don't quite understand why we're ranking a certain way or why the community feels a certain way about a certain player, let us know. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's get it out there because... I love to have my mind changed too. Uh, there can be sometimes groupthink that goes on in, in certain aspects of the draft community. So let's make sure we're not, you know, challenging each other in uh, a mean-spirited way, but challenging each other in a way that that really just makes it so that we're all fleshing out our opinions to, to the the greatest degree to where we actually have um, data or we actually have valid predictions to back up the things that we're saying so we're all going into the drafts as best we can and then those lonely suckers that are not on twitter joining this community that is so supportive and wonderful they obviously are going to be the ones who lose out and just get absolutely dominated in their drafts (laughs) so anyway hit us up on twitter if you have any questions otherwise again thank you for listening head over to the draftsociety.com you'll see the draft kit there and everything we've got to offer again thank you for your support community again we love you cheers